everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Tea with Mama Cash, because feminist activism works, with your hosts, Zora Musa and Happy Mwende Kinyili. Hi, I'm Zora, the executive director at Mama Cash. And my bio for this week is that I am loving the sunshine. <laughs> and I'm Happy, the director of programs at Mama Cash. And I, I bought my first djembe drum and I'm quite excited to play it. So it's all about money this week. And I have a question for you, Zora. Would you rather win the lottery or become a superhero? I think I would rather become a superhero. And obviously it depends like what kind of superhero, but assuming I get to choose which superhero, I would rather be a superhero. It feels like that would outlast capitalism and money is only useful right now under capitalism. And so I would want something that's, you know, going to be powerful for me in the long term. Hmm. Okay, good answer. How about you? Can I go with neither? And I like the what you said about money and outlasting capitalism. But then for me, a superhero, I feel like then I'd be the better human. So it, it would just be a new form of hierarchy, which I don't also want. Um, if we could... Yeah, so I'll go with none. What if everyone could be a superhero? Then that's fine. We're all superheroes together. <laughs> then there's no hierarchy in them. Like, I'm all good. We can all... And then you choose whatever superpower you want. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that would be cool. Then I would go that way. So this week we are talking about money. How can and do feminists relate to money? What's Mama Cash's history to and with money? Can we actually dismantle the master's house with it? Or is money always dirty? Will the revolution be funded? I have to say, when when I was thinking through today's episode, I was like, wow, this is going to be a complicated one for me. Because, yeah, I get paid to live in the world of money. And at the same time, I find money... I'm, I am of the opinion that um, money... Yeah, I don't think the revolution will be funded. I think... But that needs to be at that moment when we've figured out we are done with capitalism and we have some other system of organizing our lives. So on this side of capitalism, like, okay, so it's not about the revolution being funded, but it's about we need our material needs met. And for our material needs to be met, we have to sell our labor, we get paid, and then I can go out and buy a loaf of bread. Within that constellation of circumstances, then we do need some people who are able to be working on this revolution because the revolution is not a moment it's not an event it's a process so when I think of it that way, I'm like okay I kind of see why this needs to look this way but still I have that feeling in the bottom of my stomach I'm like I don't want money I don't want to deal with money but I gotta pay bills what do you think I think I think about it as a tool and a fuel and so for me there's a difference between how we individually relate to money and how our movements relate to money systemically and even how our institutions as feminist organizations, for example, relate to money. And I think that's where I can find space to engage with money as a tool and as a fuel and as a resource. That's one piece of it. And the other piece of it is for me that... Um, I don't think of money as a public good, for example, but I do think of it as a resource that's available to some and not to others. And if I'm interested in 
rebalancing, redistribution, challenging inequality, then for me, it's fundamentally unfair that some people don't have the resource they need to get done the things they need to get done in this world, in this time where money, where you need money to get some things done. Some people have it and some people don't. And so for me, part of the process is a redress on that. Mm-hmm. And that, that matters in this, in this time and place. Mm-hmm. No, I hear that. I, I remember in my previous job where we think a lot about, and we talk a lot about money being, this is our tool for social change because it was also a funding organization and we weren't out on the streets for the most part. Some days we were, but most times we were behind a desk moving money around and that was the tool that we were using to affect social justice, social change in the world. Um, And I think in that frame, it's, as a thought, it works, but then it gets messy in the doing of it, right? Because like you said, some people have money, some don't. And we've associated a lot around this resource of money that that the fact that I as wherever I am who have a lot of money, I get all these things. Not only do I have money, but I have access to so many other things as a consequence of having access to money. And therefore I I move through the world in certain ways, different from other people. And I'm now in this in-between space of trying to figure out how do I channel that where fundamentally I don't want that to exist. I don't want it. I actually don't want to be in a place where if I want bread, I need to get money. I want bread, right? So Mama Cash started about 35 years ago. And it started because um, one woman, Marianne Sachs, who was part of the anti-capitalist, squatter, lesbian, feminist movement in Amsterdam, inherited some wealth from her family. And she was terribly embarrassed when she first inherited this wealth um, because, you know, she's part of the anti-capitalist movement. They had a very critical engagement with money. And then she suddenly had this huge income, this cash. So she kept it quiet for a couple of years. And then people started talking. She was figuring it out. She found out about other people who had inherited some wealth. And she talked to some of her friends. um, And they became a group of kind of five people who figured this out together around a kitchen table. And she said, you know how we're always talking about these great ideas we have and we don't have enough money to get them done. Well, what if we had some money? And that's how Mama Cash started, was a group of activists who had been working together against a capitalist system, coming together and deciding, okay, if we do have money, what are we going to do with it? And they very quickly decided they were going to fund feminist action to be autonomous, to allow feminists to set set their course for themselves around the world. And that's why Mama Cash is the first international women's fund. It was, there were other women's funds that had started before Mama Cash, but it was the first one that went international and wanted to fund feminists all around the world doing incredible work. So Mama Cash has always been about money. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think about that, Happy? <laughs> I'm, I get the, I like the fact that it's 
I don't know, the, the genesis of Mama Cash, that it was activists who came together and like, okay, here's a, we've been dreaming these dreams and we've been struggling to figure out how do we make these dreams a reality and money can help us do that. And I think in a lot of ways, Mama Cash still tries to hold to that. Um, because of the nature of funding that Mama Cash has, it's a bit more complicated. But I think people being able to do the work that we need done, right? Um, people need to be advocating with their communities and trying to change social norms. And that's time. It takes time to do that. So if they can have the resources, they need to buy the bread and pay the rent so that they can do that work. I'm fine with that, right? Um, on the side of capitalism. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> but... Um, and I think the struggle for me, especially in the in my role at Mama Cash, is trying to figure out how do we make it much easier for people to be doing that work as opposed to meeting whatever bureaucratic demands often come tied to getting that money. Um, so if we can like completely get rid of all these bureaucratic demands and people are actually out there doing the work that needs to doing so that change happens in the world, that for me is like, okay, that even makes makes it that much more comfortable to be like, okay, so this is it. And then we as Mama Cash have to contend with what we're talking about a little bit earlier of we're the ones who are walking through the door with a bag of cash and that makes us be treated in a certain way in the world in comparison to our partners who are not walking into the room with a bag of cash. What do you think of Mama Cash's history and position in the world vis-a-vis -vis money? I was just thinking about the last thing you said and something in there for me is quite important around money and power. Mm -hmm. So I do, as I said, experience money as a resource and a, and a fuel and a tool, but it's true that it's about, it's a power, right? It, it builds power. It consolidates power. It's a source of power. So I'm interested in that also in relation to who we are aiming to support as Mama Cash, what kinds of movements we're trying to support, and the fact that we are based in the global north, for example. That makes a difference, our location, from where we generate the money and from where we give out the money, mm -hmm. because it's, it's also a source of power. And I think that that's where I get a bit stuck around money. And... I also think about the fact that we fundraise for our money every year, right? So we don't have an mm. endowment, for example. We don't have an income generation stream or something like this. We don't sell something to get our money. We literally fundraise every single euro mm -hmm. that we then put back out to feminist movements. And I think of us as a fundraiser for the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, is a difficult position to be in where you're, you have to be comfortable with money to be able to talk to other people about why they should give you their money. Mm -hmm. But I, I kind of wonder also where that leaves us as a, broke, as a money broker mm -hmm. when we actually have to keep finding it um, because of the location we've, we've put ourselves in in terms of the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. That feminist movement's a need in quotes, right? Where where feminists have decided they need some funding, we are a source of good funding for them. And what does that mean when you are then steeped in it constantly? It's what would happen if we were to try and step out of that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That makes me makes me think of how 
after a while, I feel we, in the position of Mama Cash, we can forget, not forget, stop seeing that, stop seeing the 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 fact that we're moving. Yes, we're moving money, but we're also trying. We, we're we get colored for lack of a better word like we get washed by the experience of moving that money and I think we do try to be self-reflective and walk in and say yes we recognize you're walking here in this room with the power of a donor but sometimes I think in the doing of it 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 just becomes a thing that we say and 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 try I don't know how far we go in trying to embody it or making it our constant challenge right because this is the privilege that we have what do we do with that and how do we interrupt it ourselves so that we're not waiting on our grantee partners to show up and put out, you know, the red carpet because the dawn has come. How do we make sure that that situation doesn't show up and the responsibility being on us as Mama Cash to to be doing that work and not and not not just say it, but do it. Um, and I I think yeah, as you as you're talking, I was like, have we just gotten used to saying it and do we need to push ourselves even further than recognizing it to now, okay, we're going to be in this funding world, even with our peers, like with the community of other women's funds, positioned differently, deliberately, constantly. Say say more about that, positioned differently in terms of what or in relation to what? Positioned differently in terms of constantly remembering that and being the ones to come in to disrupt that power. Um, and yeah, and I, I'm, I don't, I think we do it. I'm not saying that we, we are like, no, we are all comfortable with it. I think we do do it, but I think there's, I, I wonder what, what more could we be doing? How can we push that even further? So we've just been talking about, sorry, you've been saying for you how money is a tool. You understand it as a tool for, that can be used for social change or a tool for activism. And it makes me think of um, Audre Lorde's quote of the master's tools can't be used to dismantle the master's house. And where I'm sitting, and I think we're, we're saying money, capitalism is their business, um, is a tool for capitalism. Can we actually use the master's tool in this instance to bring down the master's house? And can we actually use money to make deep, radical social change happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with this, of course. And I, what I was saying earlier around trying to hold, hold space in the present for what we need to get done with a view to the future and where we're going. And I think it's in that context that I think of money as a tool for the time. It won't be the only tool and it's certainly not always the best tool and it won't always be the tool, but right now it's a tool. And the, mm-hmm. I think the reason I think that, there's a few reasons. One is... Women generally and the folks we work with, so women, girls, trans people, intersex people, gender nonconforming people, we do a lot of labor that is unseen, deliberately unseen, un, unremunerated, unpaid, unsupported. And so feminists are doing important work in the world and when they're in organizations, why are they? Why are those organizations the ones that are serious, serially underfunded compared to other social justice organizations or human rights organizations? So part of it for me is just if we think this work is important right now, the way we show that is to pay people 
decently, fairly, properly, whatever the words are that we want to use. And so why should women's rights work, feminist work, social justice work related to the folks we work with, so whatever it is, LGBTI or whatever, why should that not receive uh, fair remuneration? So that's part of it for me. Another part of it is the idea that we could do this without money, I think is, is not totally reasonable. So the forces we're up against are extremely well-resourced. We can counter some of that with creativity, with alternative means. We can disrupt in different ways. But the, the master's house also has this giant army that is funded in a big way, in a systematic, systemic way. So we cannot only have flowers in our toolbox, right? We do need to be able to counter. And we're never going to be countering at the same same level or way. And we don't want to, right? This isn't This isn't trying to match force for force, but the idea that we would do it without money for me wouldn't make sense because we, yeah, we're, we're dwarfed. Our, our capacity is just not there. And so we do need some forms of funding for that. And I think the third thing was what I mentioned er earlier around just redress and rebalancing and the idea that if this is a resource and I struggle with this because capitalism is about more money, right? Generating more money all the time and making it bigger and bigger. And the cost of that is actually, you know, extraction from natural resources, for example, and things like this. So I'm not in favor of constantly trying to grow the amounts of money. Um, and also not just being about like money, like physical money, but if we're talking about it as resources, as, um, I don't know, the many things we might talk about that could constitute money, then I think that that needs some rebalancing in terms of people being able to determine both their individual lives, in community, in societies. We do need some people to just do with less and other people need more to get done their, their stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The things you say bring up a couple of things. Hopefully I remember them all. Um, one of the things is, I think I agree with you, like there's something about people the the way how much resource and labor is dedicated to feminist struggles and continually serially systematically it's often assumed that it will be done on a voluntary basis um and of course not because somebody else someone is paying that bill um the cost of that bill is much much higher for some people than others and it's not materially i think it has real consequence and we need to be able to because the work has to be done it we need to be able to pay people so exactly. they can do that work um so that piece is i get that i think there's something about the master's the master's house i think as feminists and when we're thinking about using money we need to be some people within the the house and dismantling it with that money tool and other people outside with alternatives and then we need to be better coordinated so that the people inside the house using money don't get swallowed into the system and just be like oh i'm co-opted and constantly buying into i need to generate more money and more money and make this bigger but rather 
I'm doing this with the with the intention too. And as feminists, I think as a global feminist movement, we need to get better coordinated around that because there are people doing really amazing work with no money in money that flows through the channels that we think of. Um, they're resourced and they're, they've been able to resource it and they have food, they have shelter, they have education and they're doing the work. So how do we better coordinate so that so that those in the house are truly doing that. We're bringing down the house. Um, we're not in here to I make totally more agree and more with and more. that. And that made me think of a couple of other things. One was there are a bunch of other funders, right, in the world. Turns out we're not the only funder. Uh, so there are other funders who <laughs> want to fund this kind of work. And sometimes they do it in ways that I think, put simply, undermine our attempts to fund the work, right? So they do things that mean we have to fund people mm -hmm. to counteract what they've just funded. And it's a huge problem. Yeah. So I think part of Mama Cash's um, place in the world is to influence those funders to say, this is what's actually needed. Please do it this way. Um, bringing our partners in and having them speak directly to those funders to say, this is what's useful for us. So it's, it's helping the funding that would be mm -hmm. coming anyway to topics that we work on be useful to those who are trying to dismantle the master's house and not, not just endlessly be trying to grow the pot of money to counteract other money coming in, for example. And the other thing I was mm -hmm. thinking of is that it's really important or... I'm sitting right now with the idea of those of us who have income, wealth, extra, how we support those others of us who are doing important work and don't have that. And the idea of solidarity funding, for example, or community funding or mm -hmm. sharing resources with each other so that we can each carry the part that we're going to carry in this, in this effort, in this push journey that we're all on around transforming our worlds um but by sharing resources differently somos hermanas o lesbianas somos amigas o vecinas con mis primas tú te arrimas o la exnovia de tu novia la expareja de mi amiga dicen lo nuestro es endogamia Are we sisters or lesbians? This singer asks. The song, Hermanas o Lesbianas, is from the new album Volvas Sonicas. No translation needed, perhaps. This is a creation of two feminist artivist groups that are funded by Mama Cash. Ariana, based in Paraguay, and Las Reinas Chulas, based in Mexico City. The song pokes fun at the challenges around lesbian visibility. How many times are lesbian couples assumed to be sisters or, quote, just close friends or defined in terms of their or our relationships with other women? Ariana was formed in 2003 in Asuncion and was the first and is still the only lesbian rights organization in Paraguay. Ariana is a Guarani expression, meaning roughly, bring it into the open, please. You can find them online at www. A-I-R-E-A-N-A dot org dot P-Y and you can follow Ariana on Twitter at A-I-R-E-A-N-A-P-Y Founded in 2005 in Mexico City, 
Las Reinas Chulas is an organization of feminist cabaret performers that seeks to achieve cultural, political, social, and artistic change through the political use of humor and the pleasure coming from laughter. According to the group, the pleasure coming from laughter creates a fertile field for instilling change. Laughing relaxes the audience and creates a feeling of togetherness, which makes viewers more open to being challenged and internalizing new ways, in this specific case, feminist ways of seeing the world. Las Reinas Chulas are based in Mexico City. Through their activities, the group targets not only women, but society at large, with the aim of bringing about a social change based on feminist values. Check them out at Las Reinas Chulas, which is L-A-S-R-E-I-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-A-S dot com and on Twitter at L-A-S-R-E-I-N-A-S-C-H-U-L-A-S. So what you said earlier about community funding and our sharing the resources we have makes me excited, I have to say. Again, when I was thinking about this, I was like, I think the one of the things that would make the revolution um, or the kind of social change that we want to see in the world come much sooner is if the kinds of money that was going to the world was the kind of money that was, I think, useful to the communities and didn't have all the bureaucratic mumbo jumbo tied to it and the very genesis of mama cash i think was that that it was people who were in the movements there were marianne Sachs was part of the anti-capitalist anti-establishment movement who was like okay here's the resource i have and let's collectively think about what we want to do with that and mama cash has been around for 35 years and we've done we've we've done work in the world and on our 30th birthday thought it's actually time for us to come and re-establish the deep roots of activists, of supporting activist work in the Netherlands, which is where Mama Cash generated from. In the last year, we've gone back to that. So we've been funding um, activist organizing in the Netherlands that is just that. People who have come together and they have an exciting idea and they want to try it out. Like if I just had 500 euro, I had 2000 euro, what could I do with it? And that has been the launch of of um, our most recent funding, um, stream of funding that is to catalyze feminist activism in the Netherlands. That's true. And I think we're all pretty excited about the Spark portfolio, which is what it's called. And we had a chance, Happy, you and I, to meet some of the partners recently, also with our board members and with some of our donors to Mama Cash. And it was amazing what happened in the room. One of the best parts for me was that some of the donors to Mama Cash have been with Mama Cash this entire time. So they've been with us for 35 years and they've been part of feminist organizing in the Netherlands for that time as well. And they were speaking to these, these new partners of Mama Cash and the conversations they were having with each other about the state of feminism in the Netherlands. What were people doing? What ideas were they having now? How was it done differently before? How do we hand over the baton in some places? Or how do we learn from each other about what's still left to be done here? And also how do people build connections with each other between work that has, has never stopped and has been going on all this time? And it was, it was a really amazing conversation in the room and people were so excited. Some people had heard of each other before, but never met. 
and people knew about campaigns that they've seen in the mm. last couple of years, but they didn't know who was behind those campaigns. So that was exciting for people like, oh, that was your idea. That was amazing oh, to, yeah. for example, get more women in politics or to look at sexual harassment on the street and things like this that are are very prevalent, right? We, we know this everywhere, but somehow in the Netherlands, it wasn't getting voice. And I think that's really a special thing for Mama Cash that we are able to back some of these efforts now in a new way with the Spark portfolio. Mm-hmm. And the the process of getting to the Spark portfolio has been working with members of these communities. So we have, we work with an advisory committee of people who are working in even what are the marginalized movements within the feminist movement in the Netherlands. So some of the conversations that we've been having is even these marginalized spaces is not getting in enough resources and how can Mama Cash be the ones to show up there? And it was, f- for me, it was one of those, if this is how all decision-making around funding could look like, I think we'd be in a much better place because the advisory committee are the ones who sat down and said, this is how much you're going to fund this group. Um, and some of the decisions are like, no, actually, I know that group. And I think that they have a bit more access to resources. So, and I'm part of that group. So maybe we should direct resources to this other group. And the gathering, I think the community around discussing resources for our collective good, which means sometimes I have to step back in my individual need because it's not necessarily the most important for our collective good. For me, was this is how we need to be thinking about resourcing our movements and it needs to not be three people seated behind computers but truly community seated around a table making these decisions because community knows best better than I have to say anybody seated behind a computer in an office with air conditioning. In defense I think you can also have the same conversation it's not about um, (laughs) whether it's on a computer in an office right it's about who's having the conversation. So I think it's okay to also have the conversation (laughs) on the computer, in an office, with air conditioning, (laughs) as long as who you're having the conversation with and what you're having the conversation about (laughs) is what's important, I think. So we're going Mm -hmm. back to our our roots a little bit, right? 35 years of Mama Cash at the 30-year point was where we said, okay, we want to do something different here in our place of origin. We want to look at the feminist movement building here. So we launched the Spark portfolio. And there's another little piece of old school thing we're going to do. Can you tell us a little about that, Happy? Yeah. So we're also going to do old school fundraising. Um, We're going to invite everybody, all of you who are listening, come to our office, come to our office on July 6th. We want to get on the phone and call our friends, call our families, call our bosses, call your the person who you know, has some money that they got at the end of last month and ask them to donate to Mama Cash. We're trying to raise 10,000 euro in 10 hours. And if you come to join us, you'll get a fundraising workshop. You'll get some snacks. You'll meet some of the grantee partners we were talking about earlier from our Spark portfolio. And they'll tell you some of their, it is amazing work that they're doing. You'll get excited. You'll get inspired. You'll get challenged. Um, So please do come join us on July 6th. And and just so you know, if you do come, our offices aren't actually air conditioned. So <laughs> please, please dress appropriately for possibly hot weather. Yes. And if you want to join us and you're wondering how to reach us, please email us at she supports at mamacash.org. Thank 
Thank you so much for joining us. Find us online at www.mamacash.org and on social media. We want to hear from you. You can subscribe, you can leave a comment, you can leave a review on SoundCloud, Stitcher and iTunes. And this will help us build the conversation. And also you'll be the first to hear about our next episode, Who's Afraid of Pop Feminism? We wanted to get everybody talking about feminism, but what really happens when everybody's talking about feminism? How does that affect feminists all around the world? This is your host, Zora Musa. And happy Monday, Kinyeli. And we're signing, signing off, off until, until the next, next time. time. This podcast was produced by our colleagues Amanda Gickler and Sophia Sewell in collaboration with the wonderful Natalia Trucci. We recorded this episode at Studio Amsterdam with Nick DeWitt, who also did the audio post-production.